0: And salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best damn Related Show on the planet Earth. The John Campia Show, coming from right here on our YouTube channel. Brought to you in part by our friends, of course, over at Mint Mobile. I am, of course, your host, John Campia. And it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around to talk about our favorite things in the world. Movies, movie news, TV, and streaming. Even if we're starting the show 15 minutes late because of some internet issues. So joining me over here... Of course, is Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John,
1: do you know that this week uh, in Alaska is Fat Bear Week?
0: I, I, did, I did not know this. There, what there, is there's Fat a park.
1: Bear Week? There's a park in Alaska that uh, has lots of fat <laughs> bears, and you can vote <laughs> on your favorite one. Really?
2: Yes. yes, I know where I'm moving. Is this just a dating <laughs> service? It sounds like a dating service.
0: Yes, oh, I was uh, going to say. It sounds like one of those obscure dating services.
1: Is, uh, no, it's... Literal bears. You can vote on not. (laughs) Oh, literal bears. Not bear bears. Not. Taylor could probably speak to that, but bears. No. Actual bear bears that can kill you bears.
0: uh, Okay. Bears that can kill you bears. But are they voting on their fatness? Well, yeah,
1: I guess so. I mean, Should I look, man, I didn't delve as deep into this as possible. I wanted to bring an interesting tidbit to throw out there leave for our viewers to decide, but Fat Bear Week Fat Bear Week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Well, happy Speaking Fat Bear, Bear <laughs> Week to everybody in Alaska. Speaking of fat bears. Also joining us,
0: and he's joining you guys in the live chat. He'll be chatting it up with you guys today. Ray is here. Ray, how you doing? I'm actually kind of offended.
2: How come whenever we are late, there's a blame? There's a finger pointed. and it's only towards one person seven times out of ten it's because
0: you're late coming into the office that's just that's just nonsense that's not even (laughs) don't tell me the statistics (laughs) sitting beside ray of course producer running the show today jonathan voiko jonathan how you doing i'm just hoping our internet stays good yes yes oh my god my kingdom so i can get off of spectrum oh my god What's what's the the problem in this country? The thing in this country is like everything's about, oh, there should be competition in the marketplace. And yet this country is divvied up that it's like mobsters. Internet service providers have territory. Mm -hmm. And if you're in one person's territory, you can't get any of the other services. F that. I want to get off of Spectrum. But whatever, we're we're on Spectrum. And if those of you are watching us at Spectrum, please don't turn off my internet. We love working with you guys. (laughs) All right. With that all said, guys, we've got a number of things to tell you about. A little bit later today at 3 o'clock Los Angeles time, Rob and I are going to be doing an open mic. So that's just a show where you guys kind of dictate what we talk about. It's just all questions from you guys. Come on back and join us at 3 o'clock for that. Uh, And also don't forget tomorrow, since tonight, you guys get to see episode 5. Of Andor. Well, in Los Angeles, it's tonight at midnight. For some of you, it'll be tomorrow morning. So tomorrow at 3 o'clock at uh, Los Angeles time, we'll be having our Andor after show open spoiler discussion. We hope to see you guys there for that. Okay, guys. With that down out of the way, let's get into some stuff here. We're going to start with an off the top, and that is this. You know, filed under 4Y, uh, they announced a while ago that they are doing a new animated Super Mario Brothers movie. The for why part really comes from this. Uh, Mario, of course, one of the greatest Italian characters in pop culture is, of course, going to be voiced by Chris Pratt, who the last I checked is not a good Italian kid. Those you don't know, my real name is Giovanni. So, you know, whatever. But you know what? I love Chris Pratt. He did a great job in the Lego movie. I'm sure it's going to be fine. But a lot of people are like, should we care about this? I don't know. Well, they're going to be dropping the first trailer for Super Mario Brothers, In the next couple of days at New York City Comic Con, they've already announced they're going to be dropping the trailer there. But ahead of that trailer, they have dropped the first official poster for it. Take a look at it here. So here's our poster for it. And there it is. And I got to say this. Posters mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. They are pieces of marketing. A bad trailer does not. A bad poster does not mean a bad movie. A great poster does not mean a great movie. Somebody has a poster crying. (laughs) With that said, this poster, I'll I'll say it, it is perfection. This is a perfect poster for a Super Mario Brothers animated movie. I mean, I I I sat down and I went through all the different details, and and I still play Mario Party. I still play some Mario Kart Eight. But we went down, I played all the Mario games. We went through every detail of this. And I'm like, this is complete perfection, especially as a first poster, which, you know, we're just getting Mario's back. We're getting a sense of the world. You immediately feel connected to that Nintendo world of Mario. And I'll tell you what, again, this movie might be the worst movie ever made. Very possible. <laughs> but as far as just a poster goes... I'm telling you, I have a hard time imagining how they could have come up with something better. Because, Rob, to me, that looks, again, I'll say it, perfect. That is a perfect poster for this. Anyway, you got to take a look at this. What are your thoughts on the Mario movie in general? What do you think about the new poster they just gave us? Well,
1: Chris Pratt is is a mimic. You know, he can do voices pretty well. So I can understand that he probably did one. He probably did an Italian voice, and they went with him. So that doesn't really bother no me. it doesn't bother me either you know because not all animated characters uh, i mean he's not a plumber either so
0: <laughs> I mean, really you never you know, know he's a very talented guy
1: It just john this is uh, this poster makes me smile i look at this poster and i'm like that's a cool poster that's the kind of poster you'd put up in the, like your game room yeah mm-hmm. you know i mean that's that's a cool that's a cool bit of marketing uh like you said it 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 tells you a lot about the movie I've always thought I've always loved painted artwork for posters anyway. I've been ever since the 80s when they started to go Photoshop pictures of the stars. I always thought a movie poster should mythologize the movie that you're seeing. So when you look at the poster, it sort of evokes the feeling of what it's like to actually see the movie. That image, the poster image does. This image
0: makes me wonder what he's looking at. Uh-oh. I'm- Ray, I know you are an Xbox guy. Yeah. I, I got a PS5 in my house, but you are an Xbox guy. Were you ever, like, growing up, were you and Ann ever, like, Nintendo? Did you ever have Nintendo stuff?
2: I can be the Xbox guy. I, I, I've been an Xbox guy. But when it comes to, like, properties from Nintendo, that they I think they just, my love for that goes above any console. They were there when we were young or when I was young. With Anne, we used to play Mario all the time. This poster, I love the levels that you could see, like, of the hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it looks like an open, breathing world where he's not just going through, like, green, grassy hills with nothing around it. He's going to be running into a lot of little toads, a lot of characters. (laughs) Um, I suppose Princess is up in that castle, but usually Bowser um, has, like, one of the stone that's too pretty of a castle to be bowser's up there so um i suppose princess is up there maybe bowser kidnapped her in her castle no He try to save her bowser kidnapped princess her? but where's luigi no. <laughs> where's luigi oh yeah that's right i didn't notice luigi in there and also the 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 little floating uh, island hills things the, yeah. the little floating islands is cool i actually want to play this game hey, Well, you know movie.
1: there's
0: going to be a game to the movie like they, you know that
1: they couldn't uh, i heard that they couldn't cut a deal with luigi's agent
0: Oh, and that's why he's not. He own. knows his worth. Luigi mm. knows, his he, he worth. knows his worth. He does. saw the popularity that Luigi's Haunted Mansion game. He says, I'm a worth of more. I, I have that's a That's question. what he said. Right. Rob, do you think they'll 3D three D this movie?
2: You
1: mean make it, put it in 3D? Yep. No. Like put on Aww. glasses
0: 3D? Yeah. yeah like, I, mean, I mean, look at this poster. What I mean, maybe.
1: I, I don't know. But then they wouldn't release the 3D disc here. You'd have to go to Japan. It would cost twice as much. Come on. But they're still putting them out.
0: All right, guys, question is for you. What do you think about the new poster for Mario Bros.? I actually think the poster is incredible. I don't know if the movie's going to be any good, but the poster's great. What do you <laughs> think about it? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down, let's get over to the newest segment here on the John Campion Show. Our friends at Mint Mobile have given us the Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. If you guys want to hear your voice on the show, go ahead and call the hotline number. That's 4259 and every day we pick out one or two questions to address so Jonathan which one do we pick out here today hey John this is JJ from Garden Grove
3: California I was wondering something how relevant is star power these days I was reading an article in Variety that said one of the reasons why the movie's bros underperform at the box office was because it's two leading guys aren't exactly big box office draws and that could be true I mean movies like Bullet Train um, the Woman King, The Lost City, and even this new Ticket to Paradise have been killing it at the box office. I mean, if a film isn't of the superhero or horror film genre, it seems that star power is needed to rake in the dough. What do you guys think?
0: Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. And, yeah, we, we touched on this yesterday a little bit, but one of the big surprises, other than the very big pleasant surprise of Smile doing so well. Um, Anne and I are going to go see that tonight. We got our tickets. Oh. Um, That was a great surprise. The not so great surprise was the absolute flopping of bros. Um, Now, nobody expected bros to make $50 million opening weekend. Nobody did, but they expected it to do at least twice as good as it did. It ended up making $4.8 million in opening weekend. And why that's especially unfortunate is because the audience reviews are through the roof. They're in the mid 90s and the critic reviews are in the mid nineties. I think it was Rolling Stone that actually called it one of the best comedies, one of the best romantic comedies of the century. Now that's not the, the, the most impressive list to be on best romantic comedies. It's like being the best, you know, I don't know, Italian baseball player. I mean, it's not, not that big of a deal, but <laughs> it is, but it, it's been pretty much universally loved, Right. Now, we talked yesterday about some of the ramifications of it, Uh, one of one being like is is the most of America ready to go to see a a gay lead romantic comedy? Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of gay themes in a lot of movies that have done very well, but we've never had a pure, absolute gay theme romantic comedy. And, And that's a new thing. So sometimes new things can be slow to start off. Also, the fact of the matter is that, you know, it had absolutely terrible, in my opinion, absolutely horrendous trailers absolutely horrendous trailers and on top of that the other thing i brought up was the fact that guess what romantic comedies themselves don't generally do all that great not generally there are exceptions but generally they don't so there's a lot of different reasons but you bring up two other ones or at least one star power right and when we talked yesterday about lost city with um Brad Pitt's in there, Channing Tatum, and what Speed's Girl's name again? Sandra Bullock Bullock and Neil Neil Patrick
1: Harris is the bad guy, right?
0: No. um, Oh, no. uh, uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe is in there. By the way, I'm going to the premiere of uh, the new Weird Al movie with Daniel Radcliffe this week. Oh. Very excited about that. that. That's at Beyond Fest, isn't it? Yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. But anyway, so in that movie, you have Channing Tatum, Sandra Bullock, Brad Pitt, big names, Bullet Train. You've got, I mean, Brad Pitt and a slew of other names. Uh, this new one that you mentioned coming out, you've got uh, Jessica, or not Jessica Roberts, uh, um, Julia Roberts. Um, you've got the Kloon yep. in there, like big the names. New, now, the clone. these names, I've said this for a while, names do not automatically equal box office anymore. There was a day when it did. But what star power does still do is it gives a film legitimacy in the eyes of an average movie going audience member when an average movie going audience member sees a trailer to something and it doesn't have anybody they recognize in it then there's a disconnect when they see a trailer that has a bunch of faces they know and recognize and trust it doesn't automatically mean they're going to run out to the movie theaters those days are gone but it does put it in their minds and this is unfair i know it's unfair But in their minds, it's, oh, this is a real movie. I mean, there is, so star power is still needed for the eyes of a lot of audience to make it seem legitimate to, to a lot of people. And I think it is absolutely one of the problems with the box office flopping of bros that there is simply no star power in it. Like, I love Eichner. I've been a fan of his for a long time. You pop him up in anything, I've always enjoyed him and everything. His I hate man on the street stuff. I think that's bottom of the barrel content, but when he does it, it's really funny. Yeah. But at the same time, while I may be a big fan, he is not exactly a big star, you know. And so, and he, as not a big star, was the biggest star of the film. So right there, there's another area of disconnect. However, and this needs to be brought up if you were to ask Eichner why the movie flopped apparently, and you got to, and I say, this as a huge fan of the guy. He has an opinion as to why it flopped. And that is straight America and homophobes. Didn't see it. We got that web link there, Jonathan. So Billy Eichner got up on, got on his social media and Basically went on this thing with when the, the flopping of the movie came out and he basically said he said two separate things. One, one of the things he said was, and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, was straight America didn't come out to see the movie. Well, you know, as as Taylor pointed out yesterday, <laughs> um, at what, four point eight million dollars, gay America didn't come out to support the movie. They, I mean, nobody went out to support the movie. I know six people that went to go see this movie. Five of them are straight. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know that the problem was that he also goes on to kind of suggest in another tweet that homophobia is one of the things I, and look, Rob, you know, me, I've always had taken a real issue with any filmmakers that when there's a box office failure of the film, start pointing the fingers at, certain people whether it's they're pointing the fingers at the audience or they're po- they point the fingers at the critics or they point the fingers at whatever and that that has never sat right with me and it certainly doesn't i'm not going to let the fact that i'm a billy eichner fan change my mind on that like i this that leaves a really really bad taste in my mouth when the star of a movie that unfortunately flop and listen from everything we have heard rob this movie's great it is. You know, Anne got our, Anne's booked our t- I had no interest in seeing this movie because the trailers look like ass, but Anne got our tickets for it. Now everybody I know says it's fantastic. So guess what? You went out there, you took a big swing and it didn't. I don't think starting to imply on your social media that it was straight people's fault that the movie didn't do well. Guess what? Lots of movies, sometimes very, very good movies like this one come out and they just don't do well. And you know there's a lot of blame to be passed around but i i was i got to say i was pretty turned off by his comments on that but to your question that you asked that yes i think on top of the fact that romantic comedies don't generally do all that great on top of the fact that i thought it was a terrible marketing campaign because i didn't think they were the, the trailers were funny at all on top of all those factors and the fact that it basically for a lot of people in the average movie going audience looked at this thing and says i don't recognize anybody in this yep i think that had a hell of a lot more to do with it making $4.8 million in its opening weekend than straight America or anything like that. Anyway, Rob, you here's a question. How big of a role do you think star power or lack thereof played a role in this thing?
1: Well, I think star power depends on what kind of genre a movie is. I don't think star power really affects a horror film at all because it's the kind of horror you're getting that people go and see. They didn't even put Billy Eichner's face on the poster for this movie. If you look at the poster, it's just the two, two guys. You see their backsides and their hands are on each other's asses. And it's just says bros to the point where and I would say uh, star power is more or less important depending on genre. I think for comedies, star power is important. Having somebody, you know, is going to get people. It doesn't always work, but for the most part. And I think romantic comedies are also star driven because you want it. You want you want to watch your favorite movie stars fall in love. That's part of the, the appeal. That's why Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan were such a formidable team. Now, for this, what would have been really interesting is, I, I, you know, I was thinking, okay, what is there a, an out and proud gay leading man that they could have put in this movie that has the kind of star power that would have brought in the dollars? And I, off the top of my head, I couldn't think of somebody that could be the lead in a movie like this. Because, you know, you couldn't make Brokeback Mountain today people would be like, well, Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger, they're not gay. They can't play two gay characters. You'd run into that problem. And I, i you know, maybe back in the day, someone I'm like that.
0: A- I'm not so sure I believe that because when you look at one of the more celebrated TV shows the last number of years, Modern Family, right, which won tons of awards or whatever, you know, one of the actors who played a Stone Street at Stone Church or Stone Street, what's the guy's name? Anyway, one of the, the couple of gays is a straight actor. Uh, I, Nobody ever complained I, about no, that. No, but
1: that was, I think that was pre where we're at now just like Will and Grace. I mean, Eric McCormack, married guy, he, was, he, he wasn't gay and he, he played Will and Grace and then they brought Will and Grace back. So I think it, it depends what era we're in because we're in a new place. I think Modern Family predates that. But I was thinking about that and in a way, it, 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 I think with this particular movie, I think the star power of it really did in fact hurt it because I do think a romantic comedy... Uh, relies on on star power to work. I I remember the trailer I watched this morning, Shotgun Wedding, oh new the new, right. new J Lo movie. I watched that trailer today, and I, I just because it struck me, I loved Jennifer J Lo's presence, not Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I loved her presence in the trailer. It made I thought to myself, I am gonna watch this movie because I want to see her in this particular role. I had no interest in seeing Shotgun Wedding until I saw that trailer, and I'm like, and and it's
0: it's um it's her Jennifer Coolidge is in it. The cast looks pretty funny. Well, look at her last movie, right? Marry Me. Right. Right. Like the only reason anybody paid attention to it because it was Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. Right. If it was and if it was two no name actors in there, I don't think anybody would have had any interest in the movie.
1: I agree. And this is jo- Josh Demel. I think it's Josh. Yeah. It jo- I I watched the trailer and I'm like, they looked like they had great chemistry. And now I've seen bros. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed a lot in it. And I really found, I really liked the romantic lead that plays opposite. I don't know his name. I could not tell you that. No, I couldn't either. I I really liked him, you know, and I I thought the cast was uniformly pretty damn funny. I mean, all the other players, because one of the selling points of this film is most of the actors that are on camera are all LGBTQ which, and, and I think it really worked for the film. And I think that was, but, but John, there's just, I didn't know who any of these people were. Even Billy Eichner is not somebody who's seared into my brain as somebody like, oh yeah, I got to go see. Well, that's because
0: him. you didn't watch Parks and Rec. Right, I, that's, that's right. <laughs> that was my introduction to Billy. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah. my
1: God, this guy's brilliant. But, but yes, absolutely. I mean, I know who he is. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of
0: his, but um, I think star power was missing from this film. So it was one of the factors. I agree. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about that? Do you think lack of any really recognizable star power in the movie was one of the factors that played into this? I can't remember the last romantic comedy that I saw that did well that didn't have a major star in it. So I I know there might be onto something there. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to move into our main topics, but before we do, we're going to take a quick second here and thank the newest sponsor of our show, our friends at the Amazon Pharmacy. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Amazon Pharmacy. I don't know about you, but when I need to go to the drugstore, I always seem to wait to the last minute, hoping that they'll be open or I get stuck in a line or both. And that's why I love Amazon Pharmacy. Yes, that Amazon. Amazon Pharmacy delivers a better pharmacy experience that delivers directly to your door and works with most insurance plans. Amazon Pharmacy helps you save time, save money, and stay healthy. They have transparent pricing, so you know what you'll pay before you pay it. That is clutch. As an added bonus, Prime members can save up to 80% on their prescriptions. And like I mentioned earlier, Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans. And if you ever have any questions or problems, real pharmacists are always available at Amazon Pharmacy no matter the time of day or night. A pharmacy that works for your life with meds delivered to your door. It doesn't get any better than that. Switch to Amazon Pharmacy and save time, save money and stay healthy learn more at amazon.com campia that's amazon.com campia average savings based on usage and in inside rx data as compared to cash prices average savings for all generics are 78 percent, 37 percent for select brand medications restrictions apply and thank you to our friends at the amazon pharmacies for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show okay guys with that down let's get into our main topics here and how do we select our main topics on the show well that's easy you guys come up with our main topics. See, whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we absolutely have to have as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form, hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Rob. What is our first main topic today?
1: John, our first main topic comes to us from Darren Fry. With everyone being really excited about Hugh Jackman, and let's face it, we all are, I'm honestly more concerned about two more important characters to Deadpool, Cable and Domino. I'm not saying they're more important characters than Wolverine, but I think they are more important to Deadpool. And I think it is really important they come back. There is a report that Zazie Beetz is in talks
0: to return. How important do you think that is? And what about Josh Brolin? Thanks. All right, Darren, thanks a lot for sending that in. And of course, Zazie Beats, Josh Brolin as Domino and Cable in Deadpool 2 were great. They were fantastic. Great. Do I think it's important that they return for Deadpool 3? No. Would I would I enjoy seeing Josh Brolin back as Cable? Yes. Would I enjoy seeing Zazie Beats in anything but coming back as Domino? Yes. Do I think they're needed? to make Deadpool a great Deadpool movie, to make Deadpool 3 a great Deadpool movie. Absolutely not. They weren't in the first one, and that's arguably the better one. I'm not saying that means take them out and the movie will be better. What I'm saying is is that proves you don't need to have them there. So when I look forward and I hear about Deadpool 3 coming, listen, it could be two hours of Deadpool and Wolverine in a car the whole time just bantering and it'll be one of the greatest movies of 2024 or whenever it comes out i think it's 2024 right yeah yeah. it'll be one of the greatest movies of the year just based on that however would i like to see them back Yeah, and you know what? It sounds like maybe they will be. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR who write, Zazie Beetz recently met with Marvel Studios to discuss reprising her Deadpool 2 role in the film's upcoming sequel, according to industry insider Daniel Reichman. The star previously publicly expressed interest in portraying Domino again. However, she remained coy about whether any discussions had taken place. Uh, uh, Reichman's report seemingly confirms Beetz is indeed in the running to return for Deadpool 3, although it's worth noting that neither marvel studios nor the actor herself have officially commented on her involvement with the project now she had actually taken her first meetings with marvel i can tell you this her first meetings with marvel were a long time ago i i that much i can tell you um she probably also met with them again recently but rob again it's one of these things you can't write the script for deadpool 3 have Domino be a prominent part in it, and then figure out if Zazie Beats can be in the movie. Right. Like that—that's something you have to have, you know. Your your eggs in a row. You got to be ready to go there. Um, I loved the way they—I mean, Domino in Deadpool Two was nothing like Domino in the comic books. But you know what? I loved this character in the movie. I did too. I loved the whole nonchalantness of her character. I thought she was great. Whether. It's in some of the ways her ridiculous luck power would come into play or even just her tone and demeanor, like standing in a room with Deadpool in certain conversations. It was great. Play that off of Josh Rowland's cable, which would be great because, you know, the Thanos jokes will roll like crazy uh, if they do this. So I personally do believe that both cable and Domino will be in this movie. But again, I would also be okay if they weren't because I don't think they're needed. The only two that are needed is obviously Ryan Reynolds, good Canadian kid, and Hugh Jackman, good honorary Canadian kid. So anyway, Rob, you hear about this. Do you think she's going to be back as Domino? Do you think it's important that she's back?
1: Well, I think she probably will be back. I think that – and and probably Josh Brolin his Cable as well only because they were so fun and they were successful. I hope Negasonic Teenage Warhead and I hope oh, Colossus I, – was- I, I,
0: I, Colossus and her. I would argue that Colossus and Nemesis are, are more important.
1: I totally than agree. Cable and, Domino. and then our our landlord lady.
0: Oh my gosh! You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I Well, mean, you know she'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Got to be back, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I would imagine so. I mean, they don't need. I, I mean, Wolverine is is uh, Domino and and Cable worked really well in Deadpool too, but frankly, I mean, if you have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, you don't need Cable and Domino. I mean, they can be in it, it could be fun, but the focus is going to be on every, t- They're like you said, their banter, people want to see Wolverine and Deadpool together. No slight on these actors, because I really liked Domino and Cable. I thought Brolin was great as Cable, but you don't need them. They don't need to be, you've got what you've got. And then having Wolverine, it gives the movie, it's sort of distinct. You've got Deadpool 1, 2, and 3, and, but, but look, they all work really, really well together, so why not, why not put them in the movie? I just, I don't want this to be an overstuffed, in a way, I mean, I'll probably love it anyway because I love the first two Deadpool movies, but I, 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 I don't want this to be overstuffed with, with a bunch of other characters.
0: By the way, I've had a buzz go off my, I'm looking on IMDb right now, I can't find, the woman who played his landlord, didn't she die? Oh, did she die? I'm, I'm, I'm looking on IMDb right now. I can't, but I've got, I'm going to feel really bad if she didn't, because as soon as we talked about that, I, I had this buzz go off in my head and I'm looking on IMDb right now. She might've, I mean. But I, I can't see that. So Loretta Lynn? Loretta Lynn died. No, that's Linda. the singer. Oh. That's that's the singer. We're talking about the woman for, what's that? Huggins, Huggins yes. Leslie Huggins, yeah. But did, did Leslie, I, I think I remember, well, didn't she like pass away like two years ago? I can't remember. Now I'm going to feel really bad. Okay, well, then there you go. I, I had it so for some reason, I had a buzz going off in my head that she'd passed away. But at, at any rate, um, I, I, it comes back again to what we were talking about before. I, I said the only two that are needed here are Wolverine and Deadpool, but I will be tremendously disappointed if Colossus isn't back. Because honestly, other than Deadpool, he's been kind of the main creative and humor kind of pop of it and by the way there, I know a lot of people have a lot of differing opinions about it but the fight between Juggernaut and Colossus is I, I know Deadpool 2 was, is a comedy but the fight between Juggernaut and Colossus was an awesome fight I, I sometimes pop on that movie and just go to that fight and watch again I, I really hope he's back
1: I mean I'm, I'm very curious if they bring in Negasonic Teenage Warhead and they bring in Colossus what is the status of mutants in the MCU and I think, I, I mean, I honestly think that this part of the
0: storyline
1: is going to be Deadpool coming from one universe to another.
0: I could totally see him talking to Colossus saying something about, you know, you should say with the X-Men and Deadpool, listen, Colossus, how many times have I got to go over this? They're not real here or or something <laughs> like
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that because you can't, I mean, they're all from that universe and it would, it, I mean, you, you know, what would be great is if they just have one scene of of wherever they go to wherever it winds up if they say they're in the mcu and Deadpool's standing there and suddenly for whatever reason evan peters shows up as quicksover and deadpool's like wait a minute how can you be here he's like i i, I can't explain this yeah, you know I, and just I, something just some throwaway Fe- joke i'm
0: waiting for kevin feige to tell me yeah yeah why yeah. why this work oh by the way i saw somebody throw this in the live chat uh, almost as important almost as important as, as uh, Colossus and Negasonic. Dupinder. Oh, yes. Dupinder has to be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to pick him up in a cab at some point or do whatever. Or Dopinder. I, did I say Dupinder? Do- I think Do-P- it's Dopinder. But, uh, and, of course, uh, Yukio. and uh, like, There's a lot of great characters to draw from, but I would say the only ones that they really must put in there Although the movie wouldn't fall apart without them, but it is Colossus and Negasonic. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think that Zazie beats, and by extension, probably Josh Brolin, I can't see one without the other being there, uh, being in in Deadpool 3, do you think they're needed to be there? I I actually don't think they have to be, but it would be a very welcome bonus if they were. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down... Let's move on to main topic number two. Rob, what is our second main topic today? John,
1: it comes to us from Fan 5 or Fan V. Uh, Good morning, John and crew. I just read something that made me do a double take. There's a story that Hocus Pocus 2 has just become the biggest movie premiere on Disney Plus ever. It beat out Black Widow, Luca, Soul, and everything else they put out so far. I was really surprised by this because I don't personally know anyone who has watched it yet. Do you
0: think the reports are real? Thanks. Well, fan, first of all, the reports are real. I mean, I I found out about this because Disney themselves sent out a press release um, and confirmed all that information. It is the number one thing. And I'll I'll tell you what, listen, nine times out of ten, movies generally do and perform the way we kind of expect them to. But every once in a while, something comes out, blows the doors off, and leaves us going, wait a minute, that? And apparently, yes, Hocus Pocus 2 is the biggest debut of an original movie for Disney Plus that they've ever had. Now, they haven't been around a long time, but let's put that in context. Take a look at this. So we've got Hocus Pocus 2, and these are just some of the movies that have also been Disney Plus debuts. It Look at a couple of Pixar outings there. Soul and Luca. Family. Pixar movies on disney plus it outdid both of those a really super popular movie in chippendale rescue rangers that i still have not watched Mm -hmm. (laughs) like everybody's still mad at me for that but people love that movie whatever you had tom hanks and pinocchio but still people had to watch it to know it was terrible (laughs) but and so it did that what i think is the best movie that disney the best original disney plus movie it was not meant to be an original Disney Plus movie, but they just dumped it on Disney Plus, whatever. Turning Red. It outdid Turning Red. And probably most shockingly, although it also did have a theatrical run and a whatever on on uh, on digital, but outdoing a Marvel film in Black Widow. You look at this graphic, that's got, like you said, Fan, I think you said made you do a double take. This will make you do a double take. Okay, because honestly, if you had shown me this graphic a couple of weeks ago, and said, "Order which ones of these would be the biggest debut on Disney Plus," I am—I'm not going to lie. I—I I could lie to you and tell you, "Yes, I would have known that it would have been uh, Hocus Pocus 2. I would have put that in the number one slot." No, I'm going to be honest with you. If you had just shown me this list with these movies, I would have put it last. So, yeah, color me shocked. I think I underestimated. I think a lot of people underestimated. How much nostalgia factor there were for a lot of parents with when they remember watching Hocus Pocus and, and they wanted to watch the new one, they wanted to show their kids the new one. So, yeah, I think this is kind of stunning to be honest with you, Rob. You saw this. What do you make of it?
1: Well, first of all, there's more subscribers for Disney Plus now than there ever. were before. Yeah. you know, because like with that with Black Widow, I bet there's twice as many subscribers now as there was when Black. It's not, Widow. it's
0: not double, but but there are more. Yeah, yeah, there
1: there are more. Um, so that's a factor. But it does not surprise me because one, this film has both adults and probably kids wanting to see it because there's a big nostalgia factor with this that I mean, look, by the way,
0: their their costumes, they don't look like they've aged a day.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I would say something like this. My mom would be interested in this. My mom could care less about Black Widow. Right. So I I think that specifically the Disney Plus audience, this is made for the whole family. You know, whereas my mom could care less about certain Pixar movies and stuff. But this, I could see the entire family sitting down and watching this. That's why I think it probably, grandma can watch this. You know, so that's why I think what happened was a lot of people sat down together looking forward to this nostalgia factor, bringing these these three actresses back. It doesn't surprise me it was as successful as it was.
0: Now, when in the world's a streaming, it's always a little precarious because every streamer, it's not like cable television where Nielsen, they tell you. They tell you exactly what it is the same standard across the board. Streamers all have their own like convoluted and rigged system to report their numbers because they're not publicly available unless they make them. And so certain streamers count it as seven minutes equals a view. If somebody watches yeah. a show for seven minutes, that equals some do account. Now, Disney Plus's metric on this, what their measurement for this was by declaring... Hocus Pocus to their biggest debut ever, is number of hours watched in the first three days. So that's their And honestly, that's a pretty good criteria. That's a better criteria than, say, I think one of Netflix's was 10 minutes equals a view or something like that. Yeah. I like that. The total number of hours over three days, that's not a bad little metric. So it's pretty good. But yeah, Color Me is being very, very surprised. Anyway, guys, questions for you. What do you think about this? More than two Pixar films turning red, Chip and Dale, Black Widow. No, Hocus Pocus 2 is the biggest debut ever for an original film on Disney+. Plus. Does that surprise you? I'm not going to lie to you. It shocked me. Whatever you guys thought, jump down into the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second to thank another one of the sponsors of this episode. You really got to try them out because I'm wearing them right now. Our friends at Undies. Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of this video, me undies now guys i admit for all my life i have been a low quality underwear wearing kind of guy i always just got the cheapest pack of underwear i could find because i never really thought about it well that all changed when i started wearing me undies they are simply the softest and most comfortable underwear i have ever owned and i will never go back and guys spooky season is here and so is the latest halloween collection by me undies warning though it's scary soft me undies is back with a new limited edition prints like jack attack, no body like you, and spell it out. So go on and grab undies, socks, bralettes, and more made from their feels-like-you-have-nothing-on micromodal fabric. And if you need a last-minute costume, be lazy and transform into a spooky skeleton with their loungewear set, Lazy Bones. Guys, the scary soft hype is real. If you're not impressed with me, undies, your first pair is on us. That's a promise. To get 20% off your first order and free standard shipping on U.S. orders, go to meundies.com campia that's meundies.com campia and thank you to our friends at MeUndies for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show okay guys with that down let's get into main topic number three rob what is our third main topic today john our third main
1: topic comes from frank hey everyone i know you guys didn't love the first few episodes of rings of power but i've totally loved it right from the first episode the world, the tone, the music have all just taken me back to Middle Earth. Anyway, I just read that Amazon has already started production on season two of the series. I wasn't aware that they had even given a green light to it yet.
0: Are you surprised to see they're already making season two? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Frank. And yeah, listen, my, my journey, my own personal journey of there and back again with this Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power show has has been a twisty and turny one. I see what you did there. I see I see what I did. Nicely done. Uh, a little bit of a, a little bit ups and downs. Yeah, I I this is my number one most anticipated show for years ever since they announced this show. It has been my number one most anticipated show maybe ever. I uh, I I don't know that there's ever been a TV show coming out, a new TV show coming out that I've ever looked forward to as much as this Rings of Power. And it did not start well, Rob. My journey did not start well. I, I nearly tapped out of the show after the first episode. Uh, and it's, it's gotten better. Every episode has gotten better. But like even episode two, which was an improvement, was still not great. Episode three, which again was an improvement over episode two, was still not great. Episode four was the first one that I straight out said, okay, that was good. That, that was good. Five, I really enjoyed and then six, I went out of my mind. So like my, my journey has been a slow start, like the show itself, but I, I'm to the point right now that I am quite enjoying it. So should we be surprised that before the first season one has even ended, they're already in production. They are shooting as we speak, season two of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. This comes to us from the folks over at Slash and we we'll write the following. They must have done something right with Rings of Power because a crap ton of people tuned in, clocking in 1.3 billion minutes viewed with just the first two episodes alone, outperforming heavy hitters like Game of Thrones, Spinoff, House of the Dragon, and NCIS. It helps that the show is good, actually, but its runaway success and the huge investment... Uh, from from amazon all but guaranteed we'd be getting a second season well now it's officially real because production just began on the second season in the new brace studios just outside of london they're no longer shooting this thing in new zealand which we'll talk about in just a second that's right more adorable halflings nasty orcs excuse me uruks arrogant yet beautiful elves smart ass dwarves and filthy menfolk are all on the way so yeah look there's a couple of things here to address. Should we be surprised that they're already shooting season two? No. And I'll tell you why. Five people could have watched this show. (laughs) Literally. The people in this office could could have been the only people on planet Earth to watch the show. And with the amount of money they invested into getting this, number one, the rights, and then number two, what they spent on season one, there is no way in hell they weren't doing a season two. So yeah, their numbers have been very good, but that's almost irrelevant Season two was going to happen no matter. Season three is not a foregone conclusion, but I mean, season two there was never a doubt. With the money they spent on this, there is no way they could justify not doing season two and rolling the dice on that. So absolutely no surprise there. But again, Rob, it's the tangibilization. Sure, it's it's good to know that out there they're shooting this next season now. Now, one of the interesting parts about this is that they are now no longer in New Zealand, where of course where. Uh, Peter Jackson shot the original trilogy. It was home for a lot of the stuff in this first season of Rings of Power. But the economic realities of it is, and the logistic realities of it is, it's just going to be a lot easier for them to make this show back in the UK. It's just going to be a lot simpler. It's going to be less expensive. And from a logistical point of view, it's just going to work a lot better. Plus, you know, I was listening to one of the showrunners who said, you know, Tolkien himself, when he was crafting Middle-earth, his base of reference was england and the landscapes of england was his base reference for creating that world so in a sense it's actually going back to its roots in many ways and i get that but there's there's something pretty cool when as a fan i can sit back and watch the show and when you can recognize man those are the landscapes of new zealand i'm sure they're going to do a great job of location shooting and making it feel like we haven't missed a beach. i hope
3: i hope this doesn't translate to volume stage
0: no no, 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 no. There's, there's definitely, oh. they talked about that. There, there's going to be elements okay. for sure, but they said most of the stuff is going to be shot practically outside. and Even a lot of the sets that are being constructed are still outdoor sets and things like that. So it seems to make sense. I'm okay with that. But anyway, Rob, you heard they're already shooting now. They're in production of season two. Any surprises there? Should, should we be surprised? Should we not? And what do you think about the move to uh, the U.K.? <laughs> they're going to shoot five seasons of the show. You think, you think that's a foregone conclusion? Yeah, to yeah 5 that, that
1: no one spends as much money as they spent for the rights of this. And yeah, not I don't their, disagree. They're doing their five seasons. It's going to happen. I mean, as a matter of fact, I, I don't think that there's even a – it would come up. Like, well, are we going to get a second season? No, they have probably already planned out. I hope so because that me- would mean this, the writing process should have already been underway. They should know where they're going. I mean, I think one of the real problems with this show, at least for me, was – the first couple of episodes, I'm like, what is this show even about? You know, we know, okay, Sauron's coming back, but what are these characters? I still don't know, other than the Harfeets or Harfoot, Harfeets hanging out with a stranger. Like, are they in the show just because they needed hobbits? Like, did they need to concentrate on the Har- Harfoots that way they are? I mean, are they going to come play more of a role in the show? I hope so. That's actually been one of
0: my more consistent things that I have liked. Oh, see,
1: I, I, I'm like, I, it's not that I dislike them. I'm like, what, what purpose do they serve? You know, and, and you really see at the, in the last episode, you really see these players. I mean, Durin and Elrond are more my speed. I mean, I like their relationship. They are my
0: favorite element of the show. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. The, their
1: relationship, because they're characters. One of the problems that I have with this show is Durin and Elrond feel like characters that I like. I like these because I understand them as people, well, elf and dwarf, but as characters. That's what I think the show missed from the get-go is that there are these characters, there were more archetypes than they were characters. It's like, okay, here's, these are the hard feats. here's badass Galadriel. And it, it's, it's, as the show's moved along, we've got more into the characters of it all. Whereas a show like House of the Dragon is all character and it's all deep dives into character. But as far as the question, this show's going five seasons. It doesn't matter how many people watch it. It's good that people are watching it. I think what's going to be interesting is will they be consistent in the viewership? Will people drop off or will they... I think episode six, even if people were not interested, people are going to. other people are going to say, oh, no, 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 go back and watch episode six because it delivers the goods. Now, now
0: the question will be, can they follow
1: that up? That's... I think for me, John, whether I'm going to be really interested in this show moving forward is how seven and eight are going to be. Yeah, I agree. Because, you know, as an adaptation they've thrown Tolkien out the window in terms of timelines and things like that which is fine because it's an adaptation I get it but in terms for me in terms of characters I I, I like I mean I just make it to Durin and, and Elrond show I'd watch that if there was no one else in the show but the two of them having to deal with changes in Middle Earth I'm like I'm in but seven and eight are going to be crucial for me but that doesn't matter they're going to make all five
0: seasons regardless I. I mean we've said this before but Seven and eight, because again, the front end of the show to me was weaker. It's getting stronger. Yeah. But it but you're I I percent agree. How I'm going to feel, I think how a lot of us are going to feel about a season two is going to be completely dependent upon these next two episodes. Because if they can follow up strong off episode six, which I think pretty much everyone agrees was the best episode of the season so far, if they can follow up strong, then they're going to be going in with a lot of momentum into the off-season and will very much look forward. But if they if it kind of reverts back to like episodes one and two and feeling like that, and they don't follow up with episode six, then that's going to feel like a flash that was there and then gone. And, and, and I don't know if you're going to have a lot of enthusiasm going into season two.
1: No, I mean, you know, you, you watch, we, with House of the Dragon and, and Rings of Power, we we both know where they're going. We know that there's going to be the Targaryen civil war, the Dance of the Dragons. We know that's happening. We know that this is leading up to the War of the Ring for the end of the Second Age. We yeah. know that. The real joy of these shows is watching these characters interact. Like, the thing about Rings of Power, I mean, House of the Dragon, I will watch House of the Dragon just because all of the machinations of these characters. I just like watching what they're going to do. Like, I never thought I would want to see how are these kids going to interact next week.
0: Anyway, guys, question is for you. It's official. Rings of Power is not just Greenland, It's already shooting. They are shooting season two for it right now does that surprise you maybe like us it doesn't surprise you at all whatever you guys think jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down let's move into main topic number four rob what is our fourth main topic today
1: john our fourth main topic comes to us from hadley m who would have thought the best comic book movie of the year was going to be a dc movie that wasn't in The DCEU. I don't know. The Batman is still my my favorite movie of the year, but I just read something that concerns me. Apparently, Barry, uh, is it Kugan? Kugan uh, hasn't even been asked to come back as Joker yet. Now, I know they're a long way off from shooting, but shouldn't they have already asked him, locked him in, or could this mean Joker isn't in their immediate plans? What are your thoughts?
0: All right, Hadley, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, listen, for me right now, The Batman is still my second favorite movie of the year. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is my number one. Um, The Northman is my number three, but The Batman is still my number two favorite movie of the year. I don't expect it'll hold the number two spot as we get closer to December, but for now it is. I love the movie. That said, there are a couple of weaknesses in the film, and, and one of the things that I really felt the movie could have done without was that whole last scene with Riddler in jail. And Barry Keegan and the other cell as Joker. It's like it was a completely pointless scene. Yeah. It was not necessary. It was not needed. It's the only thing in that movie where it felt like Matt Reeves went, Hey guys, look, you recognize Joker? Joker's here. And it was like completely unnecessary and shouldn't have been in there. You know what's really funny? Then that deleted scene came out. And it's like, if you wanted a Barry Keegan as Joker scene, that's the one you should have kept. Because that one actually was relevant to the story that was going on, you know, and it it gave us a lot more dramatic flair to it. It was the better scene. But so it's kind of funny that the scene that is in the movie is the scene that I actually thought was one of the weaker scenes. Although Barry Keegan, as as a new iteration of that iconic Joker character, I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was intrigued. But apparently... As the wheels are in motion, they're moving forward with getting ready to do a Batman 2. The guy they still haven't spoken to is Barry Keegan. This comes to us from the folks over at CBR who wrote the following. The Batman actor Barry Keegan, who of course was also Druig in The Eternals, I loved him in that, uh, who plays the Joker, has not been asked to return to his role yet. In an interview with GQ magazine, Keegan revealed that Warner Brothers hasn't yet approached him about reprising his part as the clown prince of crime. However, the actor confirmed that he won't require much convincing to join the sequel. As soon as that call comes, I'm there, man, Keegan said. I'm there. All right. There are a couple of ways to look at this. Number one, who says the Joker has to be the villain in the next one? Right? I mean, yeah, we met him, but that doesn't mean he's got to be the villain of the next film. It doesn't mean he has to even be in the next film at all. It could be one of those things where Matt Reeves and the folks at Warner Brothers think, you know what, let's, let's, let's put Joker in our pocket. Let's wait till movie three or mm-hmm. four. Cause you know, there's going to be a movie three and probably a movie four anyway. So they're thinking, why blow our proverbial load this early? Let's put that in our pocket. People seem to respond well to them. Let's save it. So that's a very big possibility for it. That's possibility. Number one, possibility. Number two, which I think is the least likely is they may have decided to recast the role. They might have looked at it and said, you know what, Uh, Matt Reeves might say, I've got this idea for Joker in the new movie, but it's kind of fundamentally different from what we kind of did in the first one with that little cameo. And I don't know that Barry's the right guy to play that. They could just be recasting the role. Now, again, I think that is the least likely. I don't think that's likely at all. Then there's option number three, which is simply this. They're still writing the script. I mean, let's not pretend that this thing is far along and that, and they're going to start shooting this movie in four months. Right. They they have no even production date in sight right now. They've not finished a strip. They, they haven't locked down their story yet. So option number three here is very well could be that, well, they haven't approached him yet because they're not ready to approach him yet. That, hey, yeah, Joker's going to be in the movie and Barry's going to be their guy and we'll go and talk to Barry once we're ready to talk to him. Because that, that movie, like you said in the email, is still a long ways off. So I think the two most probable scenarios here are, number one, that Joker is not going to be the villain of the second film. They're going to save him until later. I think that's the most likely scenario. But other than that, I think the second most likely is, yeah, they haven't asked him yet. And that they will at some point, but I'm still leaning more towards option number one on this. Rob, you hear about this? They haven't come back to him. What do you think about? What did you think about him as the Joker in that? And why do you think he hasn't been spoken to yet? Well,
1: one, I I think you pointed it out. I mean, they're probably still writing the script. They're probably they, I'll bet you that they when they were writing the script, they have multiple ideas they've been thinking about anyway. A Joker version and non Joker version. They can bring the Joker back in the third film. I mean, I don't think they're even obligated to have the Joker in this upcoming movie because in a way, I, I can't imagine being a, a filmmaker. You know, you're working on Batman and, and that's the obvious thing is the Joker, 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 Joker. I thought they did a really good job with a, uh, the character of the Riddler. You know, I thought oh, he was
0: magnificent. And,
1: and I think they're going to want to deal with that again. They're going to go a different way because why, why, I mean, obviously everyone loves the Joker, but why bother Like, do something else. I would think the least appealing thing for a filmmaker like Matt Reeves is to make a movie with the Joker. Unless he has a new take on the Joker that he's
0: saving for his third outing. Of course, he did introduce him in the first film. Yeah,
1: no, he did. He did. And and maybe you're going to see him, but maybe he's not the main character. Yeah. Like, I would think, judging by his version of Gotham and his version of everything else, he's doing something that's very different, I thought. Um, and I, I think I would, I would imagine he's going to continue doing that because uh, to be, I think it would be just ham, hamstr- you'd be hamstrung as a filmmaker to shoehorn Joker in unless you were building up to that, which could very well be the case. You know, you have Joker being teased and then finally he breaks out or whatever. But I think you pointed it out. Look, we're a long way from this movie getting made. I would imagine just, and I have no reason to think this, but I bet you they might even be. Like, if you're sitting down, they might be developing different scripts to decide which one they're going to go with because they know they're going to make a third one. So if you're Matt Reeves and you had the success, why not sit down and take the time and go, okay, maybe they're not going to shoot these movies back-to-back, but wouldn't it be nice if they knew where they were going go to go? Really yeah, and really had a guy. A really, I think that Matt Reeves is somebody who might do that. Did you put your hand up, Ray?
2: Yeah, yeah I, just, I just find it hilarious. You guys are talking about Matt Reeves. I mean, we have him right here in the studio (laughs) why why don't we just talk to
0: the source right there although I, i gotta point something else too i have not read any of the awards tracker websites or anything like that so i don't know if there has been any legitimate buzz about paul dano for a best supporting actor nomination for the batman if i to me if i were running the academy awards and they were being held tomorrow i'm not saying you would win but paul dano would be nominated for best supporting actor which is kind of funny because there's a lot of buzz that he's going to get a nomination for The Fablemans. So, I mean, this is really going to be a Paul Dano wow. kind of year. I mean, yeah. so I think one way or the other, Wait. he's going to get some Oscar buzz. Has that
2: has that ever happened before? An actor getting this nominations for different movies for the same category? Not for the same category.
0: Oh. They, they, there's been people like, like George Clooney was nominated for Best Director and Best Actor. Uh, I think, I think it has happened where somebody was nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor in the same year. But I don't think you can be nominated. I might be wrong about that, but I don't think you can be nominated in the same category twice in the same year. Oh, that's crazy. I might be wrong about that. I'd have to brush up but, on my uh, rule book.
2: He would be the lead, right? He would be up for the lead. Who? Uh, Paul Dano? Pa- Paul Dano. No, for Batman? Was, no, that's uh, right. No, I'm no, no, for it. Fablemans.
0: No. No, no, he's a supporting actor. he's father. Man. So it, it,
2: it, there's a possibility if they allowed it, he could get two nominations oh, but, but again I don't, I don't think you can be nominated
0: i don't think you can be nominated for best supporting actor twice okay again I, I don't go to the bank on that i i'm not 100 percent sure on that i know the same movie that some people believe that the same movie can't have two nominees in the same category but you absolutely can uh oh, Deborah yeah, winger can. shirley MacLaine were both mm-hmm. nominated for godfather. lead actress for terms of endearment godfather had multiple uh uh mutiny on the bounty i think had three I think *Mutiny on the Bounty had three actors in this and you say, but I don't think an individual can be nominated twice in the same category. But again, I could be wrong about that. I need to brush up on the rule book. Anyway, that'd be guys, like double jeopardy. That's, question is for you. What do you think about this? Do you think Barry Keegan is going to return as Joker in the next Batman film? Do you think maybe they're going to recast him? Do you think they're just not going to use the Joker in the second movie yet? Do you think they're going to use the Joker and they just haven't gotten around to talk to him yet? Or is there another option that we haven't considered? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, we are now going to open it up to you and we're going to open up the Super Chats. If you guys have a thought, theory, opinion, or question about any of the stuff we talked about here today or anything else, you can go ahead and start throwing that in now. Now, we only keep it open for a few minutes, so get it in fairly quick, quickly. Try not to do big, big, multiple part, like three, four, or five part questions if you don't mind, because that's hard for us to keep track of. But before we get to those questions, start answering those, we're going to go over and hear from our final sponsor today, our friends at Mint Mobile. Hey guys, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month. And now for the plot twist. I'm just kidding, there isn't one. Seriously, Mint Mobile just has premium wireless service from 15 bucks a month. There's no trapping you into a two-year contract or opening the bill to find these crazy fees. There's no luring you in with free subscriptions to streaming services that you'll forget to cancel and be charged full price for. I used to dread opening my phone bill every month because every time I was opening it, it was like playing roulette. I never knew what the actual price was going to be, and it always seemed to get higher. But not with Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And if you're worried about the complication of switching things over, don't. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan, and keep your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So guys, get premium wireless from just 15 bucks a month, and no unexpected plot twists at mintmobile.com slash campia that's mintmobile.com slash campia seriously you'll make your wallet very happy at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at mint mobile owned by a good canadian kid ryan reynolds for sponsoring this episode of the john campia show all right guys with that all said let's now move on and hear from you guys and you know what We've only got a few of our member channel questions in here right now. So we're going to take our members questions first. So what do our channel members have to say, right?
2: Okay. We've got one from Yander Pride. Pride, Rob, what did you think of Ethan Hawke in Moon Knight? To me, at least, he's the best antagon- antagonist since Thanos.
1: I mean, I liked him. I thought he did a great job. I, I just felt that, that the Moon Knight show overall wasn't quite the Moon Knight that I was looking for. But Handsome Hawk, he was great. I wouldn't say it was Thanos level, but he was really good.
0: Oh, yeah. No, listen. The very first shot of Moon Knight was a handsome hawk breaking the glass, listening to the music, putting the glass in his shoes and then walking away on his shoes. I mean, I I thought he was very, very good. Not the best written. Right. uh, Unfortunate character. At the end of the day, he was, after all, just a lackey. He was a henchman. When it was all said and done, but but very good. I mean, yeah. I liked him. The, like the problems that I certainly, if I were to list out my problems with Moon Knight, Ethan Hawke wasn't one of them. No, nor not was his character. Uh, to not be all. honest with you. All right, what's next? Chris
2: Retzlaff writes, "Keep up the great content." Did you see the AMC SNL skit? Hilarious.
0: Yeah, if you're talking about the their um, their spoof on the AMC with Nicole Kidman thing. That was hilarious. I I thought I thought it was really funny. Listen, I let me rephrase because I got a lot of people writing to me, John, that, that thing you hate so much. But let me be very clear. I don't dislike the commercial. <laughs> I hate that they feel the need to when a movie is already a half hour late starting. That they feel the need. Okay, we played all these trailers, all these soda commercials, all these promos. Okay, okay, you ready to watch the movie? Yeah, fuck you. You're gonna sit down there for another for another little bit and watch our AMC commercial, even though you're already sitting in an AMC theater. It's that's the part that drives me nuts. And you know what? If it if it if it was if a movie time was seven o'clock and seven o'clock hit and then they just showed it that commercial and then played the movie, it wouldn't be as bad. But it's like that comes on when a movie is already a half hour late from starting. That's that's the that's the part that drives me crazy.
2: Okay, anyway. My, mighty tank one writes, just started Yellowstone because of your high praise. Only three episodes in, but I'm loving it so far. Are funny. you guys are you guys doing an after show for season
0: five? I am very much considering doing it. I, I don't know if enough people watch it. That's the problem. So maybe my after show is just going to be me sitting by my fire pit at night with my phone and live streaming. and <laughs> just talking about Yellowstone. I, I think it's the best show on TV. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think it's even better than Succession and Succession is fantastic. I think it's better than House of the Dragon. I think Yellowstone is the best thing on TV right now. So I, I am 80%, maybe 75% sure that I'm going to be doing a Yellowstone after show. Thanks for asking, man. And I'm glad you started watching it. Oh, All right. What's wait, next?
2: Um, Daniel Kahn writes on on the patient. Steve's character brings up his son named Ezra, who has joined a religious cult. LOL. Are the writings having? Are the writers having a bit of fun? I think he's talking about the patient with, with Steve, Steve
0: Carell, right? And Donald Gleason. I am only two episodes in. I'm only two two episodes in, so I don't know. But you also got to remember, like this show was shot a long time ago and written even a longer time ago before that. So I, I don't know that there's any connection there. Maybe yes, maybe no, but I, I, I'm going to say I doubt it, but it's not impossible. Okay, Zelda Master 702,
2: right? Saw Avatar for the first time in theaters over the weekend. Way of water, shot way
0: up my must-see list this year. Oh, so. absolutely. Like, Like, again, we talked about it yesterday. Studios and exhibitors and distributors, when they're trying to market a movie, they will spend... 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollars to advertise it. Meanwhile, Disney thought, "You know what? Instead of us paying to market the movie, why don't we get paid? Let's re-release Avatar, pluck some scenes from Avatar 2 on it, and we'll make 60 million bucks while promoting the film to the world." I, I mean, it was it was a stroke of genius, and yeah, a lot of people are going to be going to see this.
2: And then last one from Reynaldo McWhiskey writes, "I feel like we should give best makeup to the Batman
0: It's impossible to say when there's a lot of movies, like a lot of the serious Oscar contending movies are only starting to come out now. So I I wouldn't be talking about who should or should not be getting best whatever at this. point. We shouldn't be talking about what's going to win best picture, who's going to win best direct. We haven't seen a lot of the key films yet, so I don't know. Does another one movie that has been out so far this year, Rob, really stand out to you that maybe have uh, great makeup?
1: Well, if you like beautiful female characters, Taylor could probably speak to the fact that Barbarian has just a really beautiful woman. Wouldn't you say that? Okay, but case? yeah, to no. be
0: serious, anyway, no, I'm. I, I'm but serious, real, but like, like actual best makeup for for pretty a good film.
1: makeup though, right?
0: Oh yeah. god. Uh, okay. All right, let's well, move on. on. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> but I mean, serious. It, it's yes. a, it's effects makeup, but it's pretty damn. Oh, good. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I was I was joking about the character, but no, the but um. I don't think, I mean, the Batman does have some great makeup because you have Penguin.
0: That was astonishing. I mean, that, yeah. I still, nope. I still know in my head that that is Colin Farrell. And yet I look and I go, that's not Colin Farrell.
1: It's incredible. And, and the thing is, they were close up on that makeup. He's talking. He's a main, well, I mean, a, a sporting character. It's not like he's fleeting in that film. That was some incredible. Some of the best make character makeup I've ever seen,
0: and the performance of it too. It's like again, just hearing him and watching his moves and his manner. I never, I never would have guessed Colin.
1: Yeah, M- so I would say that uh, I would agree. That's uh, right up the top.
4: I have a real one. Uh, Cyrano. Did either of you see Cyrano? The with, hair makeup uh, with that.
0: Peter Dinklage. Yeah, the hair yep. and makeup in that was really. Yeah, that was actually in the costuming. In that mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know that that counts as a twenty twenty two film yeah that you, might count as a 2021
4: like, film like valentine's like february hmm? i think it came out in like february
0: i think it might have premiered before that but oh, you might okay. be right if it was february then that then that's one that's got to be considered it because it was it was around i don't know if it, it might have premiered before i really liked that movie although it wasn't as good as i was hoping right it would i remember be, that but it was it was still quite good all right what's next that's it all right then let's move over now to our super chats rob what do we
1: got in there Amin says, I think the show really wants us to think Hallbrand is Saur-
0: Sauron, but honestly, I don't buy it. it. makes more sense if he becomes the Witch King. I'll be honest with you. There's, there's a lot of theories that we all hear that we don't agree with, but we go, yeah, but I can see why you think that. I don't get why anybody thinks he's Sauron. I, I don't personally see anything to indicate that he's Sauron. Like To me, it, it's all roads lead to the Witch King. But I, I, mean, I don't know. Do you think there's a possibility he could be Sauron? Well, I mean,
1: I do, I, I do think he's going to be Sauron, actually. But the Witch King, you you need the nine, you need the nine. You know, there's nine men that become corrupted, and isn't the Witch King only one of those people? Yes, he's just one of the. He's kings just one pass. of. So where are the other eight? You know, I don't know. And that's you know that's another thing. I told you last night, just for whatever reason, I started watch. Dude, I was I, I just was going to watch the opening with Galadriel narrating the end of the Second Age maybe because of rings of power right two hours later i'm like oh my god two hours ago i got stuff i gotta do man is fellowship of the ring good all right what's next uh andy says if tom cruise does a sequel to top gun maverick would he call it top gun the enemy strikes back
0: <laughs> the enemy the the unknown unnamed unidentified <laughs> enemy oh they've got fifth gen fighters great and what country is that <laughs> We a, don't know, but they're fifth-gen their fifth fighters. I mean, listen, I, I, I sound like I'm mocking it. It was actually a very smart move yeah. on their part to not actually call it something. I mean, they, and they could have named it some make-believe country. They could have said Latveria, for all we care. Right. Right? But but, to, <laughs> but it does, it is funny when you're watching it. It's like, this country is never named, like, once. By the way, a country with apparently no towns or cities anywhere. Just just one base in the middle of a canyon, like a Death Star run, and one air Well, air to be strip. fair,
1: it's close to the coast. That, that's true, but middle isn't that wilderness. where
0: people would live?
1: Not in a craggy rock, a mountainous, I guess, I
0: guess. mountainous I guess. coastline. Alright, what's next?
1: <laughs> Sam Fisher says, I can see Laris position himself to be Rhaenyra's hand while being a spy for Alicent, because Rhaenyra certainly doesn't trust Otto.
0: I don't think she trusts Linares, uh uh L- L- laris laris, laris. Yeah. i don't think she trusts laris either um so ma- no i think he's positioning himself because if she were to take a hand i i i think she would probably take corliss as her hand i think she would ask corliss to be her hand yeah um can he be though yes ruling ruling the drift mark though can he yeah, yeah absolutely listen you, you in the first one uh i guess stark ned stark right was was the That's true. warden of the north and right. he ruled the north and he was able to be there so yeah anybody can serve and 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 the guy who was just hand was the lord of uh was strong the lord right. of uh whatever the name of his area Her- is, Heron- Heron- hulk or harren hall or something or like Heron- that. Heron- so yeah. uh so he can he can but i don't know you might be right we'll see all right what's next
1: uh, Al Renshaw says, "Wasn't ScarJo nominated for Best Actress and Supporting Actress for *Marriage Story* and *Jojo Rabbit*? Well, yeah, you can get nominated yeah, for that actress yeah, but that's so. two yeah, that's two different yeah. categories,
0: right? Yep. yep. So, did she get nominated for *Jojo Rabbit*? She might have." Taylor, can you look that up? But again, yeah, but if people if so, can do that, yeah, if so, yes, you absolutely can do that. But those are two different categories. So what you what we're saying that I don't think you can do is be nominated twice in the same category. So she couldn't be nominated twice for Best Actress or nominated twice for Best Supporting Actress. Right. So what do we got? So in twenty twenty, she was nominated
4: for uh, Best Actress for a Marriage Story, and then for Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit. Okay, so she did get she a was, Best Supporting.
0: Yeah. yeah. So again, but that's two separate categories: lead and supporting. So that that tracks. Good year for her. Yeah. (laughs) Bad year for us. Good year for her. 2020. Oh, yeah. Bad year for the planet. Good year for her. All right. What's next? Uh,
1: Ron H. says, on episode 300 of my One Piece Journey, the crew has stopped a (laughs) civil war, battled God on a sky island, dropped right into an inescapable fortress, and declared war against the world government. It's awesome.
0: It honestly sounds like you're describing Riverdale season seven. It could be. I mean I I I, mean, I don't watch Riverdale but like I totally wouldn't have been surprised if that was somebody describing Riverdale season 7 cuz that sounded like it tracks too. I've never watched one piece. Have any of you guys in the room watched it?
1: Yeah, I've watched a few. It's, you, I like think? it. Yeah? But it's good. It was different. I don't Ray know why. Right shaking thought, his
2: head. I wouldn't uh just because he said episode 300 i probably never watch. well that i mean that's the
1: thing there's like a thousand episodes or more than a thousand i i just i i didn't know what it was i thought it was like a superhero it's not it's, it's a p- pirate it's a pirate thing yeah, yeah. it'd right? be the best pirate yeah it's it's uh it's pretty interesting
0: all right but it's just the title sounds like a thong company one piece <laughs> all right what's next <laughs>
1: uh andy says i get why christian bale was cast as gore the god butcher after all the actor's name already indicated that he left god behind christian,
0: christian bale, bale. Nah.
1: okay you know oh. what? No, no 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 drum shot think- for yeah, you
0: there's too much thinking you have to connect no drum shot right no drum shot for you on that one andy <laughs> all right what's next Go back to riverdale Man, fisher back to riverdale with you
1: <laughs> watch the new episode of wrexham Uh, I felt so bad for the women who wanted to be a a woman who wanted to be a cop, but then didn't pass her background because of her boyfriend
0: dump his butt. I have not seen the newest episode of Wrexham, but I'm telling you what, man, this I, every time Ann and I sit down to watch that, I've been so impressed just telling the story of the people like surrounding that. And and listen, if you want to know, if you're not into sports and you want to know why, why are some people so incredibly into sports watch welcome to Wrexham like it, it's it also they bind communities they it's just it's a lot of fun this this question uh Serene.
2: he mentioned a cop a girl a lady uh going to, wanting to be a cop and are yeah. not get, so it just doesn't involve the team
0: i haven't no, no, i haven't the, seen the episode oh, so okay. i don't know
1: no but it does involve the townspeople too oh, you cool. get to, yeah yeah That'd the welcome
0: rex also goes re- like heavy into the people oh these fans okay. of Wrexham, I might check it Like out it's, it's it's so good
1: all right what's next uh Matuween says, and or episode four, while Vell's team briefs Cassian on the mission, it's perfect foreshadowing of future rebellion mission briefings down to camera angles, lighting and characters standing in a circle.
0: And I love that. I mean, for me, I mean, that was all great. Everything, especially when the Imperial dude shows up, the, the Imperial defector dude is like. He was pretty, even the way he walks, you tell he's Imperial, even the way he walks, the way he takes off his gloves, like just everything about him. But my favorite part of that episode was everything going on in Coruscant, whether it's in the antiquity shop or in Mon Mothma's home or even just Alexander Skarsgård is the man I mean just that whole thing he's alone on a ship just putting on his rings Stella the wig. Stella Stella did I say Alexander yeah that, that's the son, of course uh, we were just talking about uh, uh, Tarzan the other day so right but Stella scars are the wig and then like, getting into his character and stuff like that, I'm like okay this guy knows how to communicate volumes of information without saying a word it's I got it's a amazing. question yeah
1: for you is he ex-Jedi I'm not saying anything I'm not saying a word. Oh, do you know the answer? I'm not saying anything. Okay. I'm not saying anything. Just been reading a lot of speculation.
0: All right. What's next?
1: Uh, Suthius <laughs> says, would you be okay with a time skip? Perhaps Shuri goes into self-isolation to train after T'Challa's death, then comes back to Wakanda after the attack.
0: I, no. I think you know
1: the answer to that, How, long, how
0: long is she going to be gone for, 15 years? Yeah. T'Challa trained from birth. All right. He trained from birth and, and she was gone for the five years in the snap. So it just, it's reminiscent to me of the way they kind of ruined arrow where captain buckles Laurel. She literally starts taking some night self-defense classes at the local Y. And after taking five or six night self-defense boxing classes, at the local Y, she becomes a crime fighter. Oh. Now she's Black Canary, and she's out there with all of her buckles and and fighting crime. It's like, oh my god! I heard she won the UFC featherweight <laughs> featherweight title. title. <laughs> I mean, that that's all it takes. This this notion of Shuri becoming Black Panther is again. Listen, listen, listen. With all the belly aching and whining and crying I'm doing about it, the, the main thing here is when I go to see this movie, I am putting all that aside. And I just trust Ryan Coogler. Like, yeah, I have my thoughts going into it, but I trust Ryan Coogler. He's going to find a way to make this awesome. But yeah, I mean, going in, it's a horrible decision to make. She's a, a top five favorite MCU character of mine. But Okoye, not Okoye, sorry, Nakia, well, Okoye too. Nakia is a far better choice to be the next Black Panther. Far better. She makes sense. She makes absolute sense even a koi not queen, but we've already seen in the first Black Panther that the Black Panther does not have to be the king or queen. you could you can have a separate king and a separate or a separate queen and a separate black, black panther. That's how it was when we entered this world. So you could have it, it could be Umbaku and then by, by the way no no John it can't be Umbaku because you see his tribe doesn't worship Bas. they worship the it doesn't matter because the powers come from the flower-shaped herb that that's so it doesn't matter. So I but again, with all my crying and all my whining about the Shuri thing, the bottom line is I will not be thinking about that when I go into the movie. I'll just be OK, Ryan Coogler, you fucking master. Show me what you got. And I just know he's going to give us something great. I agree. And he'll he'll find a way to even get me on board. I got a feeling I'm going to be walking out of it, even though I still think Shuri dies in the movie. But I have a feeling I'm going to be walking out of that movie going, damn it. Ryan Coogler, you got me. I am now all on board with Sharia's Black Panther. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to seeing the Talokan Empire. Oh, me too. And I'm, Namor. And Namor, yes. Namor. Namor McKenzie. Namor McKenzie. Namor
1: McKenzie. Namor. Namor McKenzie. Hello.
0: With a, <laughs> little wings on his feet. <laughs> They're cute. That's They're right. adorable. Namor McKenzie. A- did you know, I did not know until I saw this trailer, I didn't know he was Vulcan. I had no idea the name was Vulcan. I didn't Incredible. notice his
3: ears in any of the trailers until I saw that photo. I, it,
0: was, it was more in still shots that you realized that they were. I mean, of course well, they are in the comics. Were, of course they are. Yeah, it's part of his look.
1: You know, whereas Dwayne Johnson couldn't be bothered.
0: <laughs> Come <laughs> on now. Because he, he does want to cover the muscles on his ears. That's true. Even his ears have muscles. You can't cover that up. All right, what's next? Uh, Trevor
1: says, when asking about stars that could have shown up in Bros., would Neil Patrick Harris have been big enough with How I Met Your Mother and his presence on Broadway? You know, that's a really good point because he's been a leading man. I don't know. I mean, he's got that new series, the new series about dating in New York, because um, he lost. He's oh he's,
0: yeah, wasn't that on Hulu? Or that, one I, of the I'm
1: not sure. It's one. Of, it's on one of the streamers. It's a new show. I, you know, I don't know, but that's you know what? He's a leading man. I, I've 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 always liked all the way back to Doogie Howser. I mean, I, I, I loved him, man. He's, he's always good in whatever he's in, how I met your mother. He's, I that, that, I think that would have brought in more, I more mean, eyeballs. Yeah. Because people know him. He's been a mainstand TV. I think that's a really good, I didn't think about Neil Patrick Harris. If they could have afforded him. If they could have afforded him. Yeah, Rob, I, the, I know what the budget on
4: this was. The name of the series is uncoupled and it's on Netflix.
0: Oh, okay. I just remember I saw a trailer for it, which is <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. This is the one trailer I saw for it, if I'm thinking of the right show. He gets into the elevator of his building, and he starts talking to one of his uh, neighbors, who's also in the elevator. She goes, so uh, Richard's moving? He goes, what are you talking about? Well, Richard was down with some movers today, moving all of his stuff out. Excuse me? <laughs> like so, he comes home to find out. Yeah, yeah. That his partner has moved out of the place. I'm like, okay, I don't know what this show is, but it's already off to a good start. So it looks. I, I
1: mean, it. I've heard it's a good show. I really like Neil Patrick Harris as a performer. Did it start?
0: Did it start? Did it already yeah, drop? It's already,
1: yeah, I it's didn't out. even know it dropped yet. And you know, he's a a good example of an actor who is obviously out, but he can play both gay and straight. And I believe him. Yes, he can. Yep. When he was in Gone Girl, man, oh, he man. crushed it. What a death scene. Also,
0: very good in uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, so (laughs) good! I also liked him in that,
1: and he was great in How I Met Your Mother.
3: All right, what's next? This, Uh, I mean, like I thought I was going to have a chance to catch up, but apparently not, based on this.
1: Blake, there's only two Sundays between leaving West. Oh, there's only two Sundays between leaving Westeros and arriving at the Dutton Ratch. John, rejoice! Well,
0: how many? So we've got.
1: I won't be able to catch up on all that in time.
0: We've got what we do. We, we, have three episodes, we got three episodes. three episodes of Dragon. It's Left. like the weekend of the twenty fifth. Right. We got two episodes of Rings of Power, and then just so just about, about a month and a half away from the start of Yellowstone. Yeah, I. Poof. It's just it's just a great time because right now we've got three incredible shows going. Well, now now Rings of Power, I'm saying is is firing on all cylinders. I, I I think it's pretty damn good. So we got Rings of Power. We got Andor. We got House of the Dragon running, and when they end, we got what I think is the best show on TV coming back with Yellowstone. So, and then by the and I haven't even started on Handma- the new season of Handmaid's Tale yet. Anna and I were like, I can't believe we're already behind a couple of episodes. So I got to get back on that. I love that show. So a lot of good TV on right now, man. A lot of good TV on. All right, what's next? Uh, Glenn Mark says, I
1: absolutely love Murdoch Mysteries too, John. You are not alone. Sam F. terrific writing, great character development, well-crafted cases, fun historical figure cameos. Shatner appeared as Mark Twain. I had
0: no idea. So there's there's a TV, a Canadian TV show called The Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah. That is set like it, it almost feels like a Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. It's a Toronto detective at the turn of the century. Um, all I know about it really is that my dad loves it. And when I'm home, he's either watching this ridiculous stupid Canadian prairie horse ranch melodrama show or you saw him watching that right right you saw him I don't even remember what the name of that it's like the longest movie you could ever watch yeah that's it's like some Heart Rancher same
2: thing <laughs> if there's any of
0: my good Canadian brothers and sisters watching who know what show I'm talking about let me know for Heartland. T- Heartland yeah how Heartland. did you remember that it
2: come on I was down there the whole time <laughs> like sitting there on my phone like Oh, you're changing the the whatever I was watching back to this. Thing. Back to yeah, like I
0: I can <laughs> I and like I I I think it started to drive my dad a little bit nuts. I am relentless in my mocking of my dad watching this thing because it's it's a Canadian TV show that's basically like a Hallmark movie every single week, and like I'll be down there trying to watch hockey because I can't watch a lot of hockey down here, but I'll be up there watching. I go, oh, okay, and he just grabs the remote and changes the channel. But see, the problem why we mock him is because he watches Heartland like this.
2: With his little phone.
0: Yes. And, door, and he's like still watching. I don't know how. but I'm like, how do you watch? I'm like, I finally, I said in my last report, Like, how do you watch this? How do you watch this? Well, it's just like it doesn't have all the swearing and the violence. And I'm like, I learned swearing from you. Yeah. What are you talking about? You want to watch a show with no swearing? Oh, but anyway, it's, it's, but yeah, Murdoch Mysteries, everybody. Check it out if you get a chance.
1: And Shatters played Mark Twain. I got to watch that. I'm right, in, says, uh. Prediction for the end of this season of Ring of Power. In Linden, we cut to a oh. shot of Celebrimbor talking to someone, and it's real revealed that it's Anatar Sauron who has been in Linden this entire time. He
2: meant to put Eregion. Er, 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 Aragon? Eregion? Aragon. Yeah. That's what he meant instead of Linden. What? Oh. The E R E he spells it E R E G I O N E Region. <laughs> I don't know. Right,
1: because Linden's the where the elves are.
2: Yeah. So I don't know if uh, that 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 place sounds
0: familiar. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, in in the lore, Sauron appears as a glorious like wondrous heavenly kind of elf, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, so I don't like some people speculate Celebrimbor might actually be Sauron. And that he had he had replaced Celebrimbor. And that's why he's but but that's that would be that wouldn't be the same as the lore. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see, but I just don't think it's the human king. I just don't think it's him. All right, what's next?
1: It's Mephisto. Uh, it's Mephisto. Jay says, hi, John and crew. Can you give what your first impressions
0: and feelings you had seeing The Dark Knight for the first time? I still remember where I was. Uh, I It was in LA, in, in Hollywood, when I went to go see The Dark Knight. I went to an early press screening for it, and... That opening scene, first of all, floored by the opening IMAX scene. Like, I was just like, kind of like, whoa. Like, it starts with that wide cityscape shot, goes down into the streets, and we get to the bank and all that kind of stuff. And just being amazed just by the scope and the visual of it was absolutely incredible. And then that bank scene happening. And the bank scene was just such a kick-ass way to start that whole movie and getting introduced to Joker. Uh, yeah, I was I was floored by it. I was absolutely floored by
1: it. Uh, I because I, I, I saw it in IMAX because I wanted because it, it was shot in IMAX the first time. You know when the movie really got me was the scene where every all the 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 Gotham criminal underworld is having that meeting to decide what they're gonna do and the Joker walks into that meeting. Oh <laughs> yeah, making <laughs> the pencil disappear and all that. I'm like okay this movie's next
0: level and our boy michael jai white is in that scene he's
1: right? there yeah. i mean the whole that whole sequence is just the best <laughs> so good
0: <laughs> when he leaves the two in the room and says
2: hey and gives them i think both of them knives and it says, no no it gives them i think it's, it's uh, a broken cute. poker yeah. key or
4: pool
0: oh, key oh, right. Yeah, right. Key.
2: that was so now cool. unfortunately
0: <laughs> we only have one position open it's like oh my god <laughs> and they didn't brutal. have to show anything they didn't need to. <laughs> no. You just had to you just heard it. it's like, oh that man, weird. that was brutal. So good. <laughs> All right, what's next?
1: Sub McShave says New York Comic Con is next weekend. I think it's this weekend. Are you excited about NYC Comic Con news?
0: Uh no. Come on, John. But not, not even the Mario Brothers? Not, 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 well, no, no, Well, no, wait a minute. About, yeah, I am very I am curious. I'm curious about that Mario Brothers trailer. Yeah. I am. But I I I always, Taylor, can you look that up? When does New York Comic-Con have? Because I thought it was this weekend, but maybe it's next. I do too. It but, says it's Thursday, October 6th through the 9th. Okay, so it's this weekend. weekend. Oh, wow. So, I always find myself never paying attention to New York Comic-Con, but always pleasantly surprised when I hear the different pieces of news coming out. So, am I excited about it? No, because I'm really not thinking about it. But, we always get some good tidbits yeah. out of there. I Like, I don't think we're going to get the Fantastic Four cast announcement added or anything no. like that. But, hey, listen, I wouldn't put it past Disney and Marvel to drop some big news from L.A. while New York City Comic Con and while Warner Brothers and other studios are trying to drum up a bunch of interest that then Marvel drops some big honking news yeah. to steal the headlines.
2: Uh, and there's always a chance we might get spoilers from action figure reveals. I don't know.
1: Like, oh, yeah. that always happens. I mean, it's yeah. a big deal. Yeah.
2: always happens, yeah.
1: All right, what's next? Orlando Orego says, hey, John and company, Could bros be successful in the next couple of weeks? Maybe the word of mouth could help it.
0: That's never happened once in the history of mankind. (laughs) I mean, this is the idea of, I mean, listen, a movie makes the biggest chunk of its money in its opening weekend. Now in history, there have been a few out of the tens of thousands of motion pictures. There have been a small collection of films that have reversed that trend. Um, uh, The first avatar was one. The next best example I can think of is *The Greatest Showman*. Oh yeah, you know *The Greatest Showman* was one that, and if you just went by its opening weekend, you'd think that movie was going to be a failure. But it it kind of just did this, and and I can't remember Taylor if you can look up what the final worldwide box office for *The Greatest Showman* was, but it was it ended up being an impressive number. When at first people were thinking like, "Oh, this movie's going to make like two hundred million bucks when it's all said and done," but it did a lot better than that. But no, do I see bros becoming a hit at this point? No, but if it's as good as all y'all are saying it is, I can see once it's on home video and all that kind of stuff, becoming uh, a treasured, one of those treasured movies. What do you got there, Taylor? The Greatest Showman uh, had a worldwide total of
4: 435 million against a production budget of 84 million.
0: 484 <laughs> yeah, pretty, million. And what was it, it should say right there on the page what its opening weekend was as well. I'm, mm. I think it was- The like, Blackstick opening was 8 million. $8 million, and it went on to make... They, see, that's that's a, sh, insanely rare. Insanely rare. All right, what's next?
1: Al Renshaw says, I would rather see them do Mr. Freeze or Court of Owls in a Batman sequel. I would prefer them over Joker. I, I got to say, John, I would like that too, because I just want to see something different, mm-hmm. something new. Well, Court Here's of a- Owls
3: would transition nicely, right? Like Because in- it's just like, oh, we thought we got to the bottom of this. And the rabbit hole goes deeper. Yeah.
0: Yeah. As an option. But I will say this though. Court of Owls has been seriously overused the last few years. Yes. Like every Batman iteration, even Harley Quinn has done Court of Owls. Right. Of course, in Harley Quinn, it's a big orgy party, but still even Harley Quinn, the video game is doing Court of Owls. Like everything, uh, Gotham did Court of Owls. Like everything does Court of Owls. Look at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter which villain they choose all that all that it matters is is how well do they write whatever villain they have yeah you can make it the joker but it won't mean that it's going to be any good like again I, I go back to this a lot but one of the the greatest villains in comic book history is victor von doom they've done him three times has that ever made a movie he's in any better no it all depends on how they write the character so yeah. It, it doesn't matter if they choose joker or mr freeze or quarter vowels or kg beast or catwoman or whoever else it really doesn't matter all that matters is do they write whoever their villain is great how about king tut oh god egghead egghead i put up right there with clock uh, uh, I, calendar man Yeah, yeah. i mean hell
3: you
1: could just pull straight out of the games and just have them trapped in arkham asylum or go back to Batman and the Outsiders, the first, and put b- bring in people like the Nuclear Family. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! They were well, bad. Joker laughed. That sounds, laugh. that yeah. sounds
2: funny. Yeah, I never
0: even. Yeah. All
1: right, what's yeah. next? The yeah. Nuclear Family. Cinema Sauce says: Should Marvel, uh, should Marvel, should do a one-off movie like Marvel's or Earth X, separate from the MCU? Hey man, I'd love to see an Earth X or a Marvel's movie. I mean, Marvels was, you know, that was the first time I saw Alex Ross's Marvels is, is, for those of you who don't know, it's the comic where you see the characters from the perspective of man. What's it like to be every person, mm-hmm. a reporter? And how, what's it like to live in a world? Kingdom I mean,
0: Come kind of did that, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also painted by Alex Ross.
0: I mean, I think that'd be kind of cool. I, I would see that as a series more than a movie. Listen, I've been saying for a long time, part of the reason I got so excited when they announced Joker was I have been wanting either DC or Marvel for years to do what the comics do. Tell some what-if stories. Tell some stories that are actually outside of your reality. You know, give your your storytellers some creative freedom where they're not handcuffed by, you got to follow the rules of the existing MCU or the existing DCEU, you know, like... Take the handcuffs off and give them a playground to do that. So when they announced Joker, which never could have happened in the existing DCEU, when they announced Joker, I was super excited about it. And now I would love to see Marvel have the testicular fortitude to step up and do something like that as well. And you know what? Werewolf by Night might be that. Werewolf by Night might be one of those things. But I really want to see them tell some isolated, out-of-universe, self-contained stories where the storytellers have absolute creative freedom to do whatever they want. I think that could be fascinating.
1: I'm right there with you. All right, what's next? Uh, Andy says, if Peacock somehow does successfully buy out WB, then the possibility of getting an HBO Cock Max is truly real.
0: Well, remember, (laughs) Peacock would not be buying. Peacock is owned by Universal, which is owned by Comcast. So it's, yeah, that, but by the way, as a follow-up to that story, David Zaslav held a town hall meeting with things that said, yeah, Warner Brothers is not for sale. Yes. Yeah, we're, we're not selling this. So whatever the reports were, not selling it, which nope. made me breathe a big sigh of relief. So I was very happy to hear that. All right.
1: Although that was funny. <laughs> the man with the master plan says, game day.
0: Game day. And or episode five, can't wait." Yeah, I am... I just, am just not going to say be anything tomorrow morning. Oh, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything. All right. all right. What's
1: next? Uh, Bobby Jackson says, if the woman King is still in theaters,
0: I'd like to do a double feature with black Panther two. I mean, look, when we saw the big feature that, that they did for it at CinemaCon in earlier in the year, I mean, so we were all like, hey, come on. It's, it's all right. You can admit it. So they're doing a Dora Milaje movie. Cause that's, that's kind of what I looked at, but you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, So, I mean, that does seem like it would be a good double feature. I, I doubt it'll still be in theaters mid-November. Yeah, that's going to be a stretch. Yeah, that, that's a stretch. But then again, not a whole ton of stuff is coming out. So it might still find a home there. You never know. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Uh, Jay says,
1: have mobster movies gone the way of Westerns? What do you think is the reason for the
0: decline? It's difficult to do a good mobster movie. I mean, it's, it's just hard. There's a reason why, like, Godfather, Goodfellas... Uh, casino like movies like that have an enduring quality because they are so unique that that they can do but for every one of those i mean in the mid 90s to to early 90s to mid 90s a swath of gangster movies try to get made and they were all completely forgettable so it's not an easy code to crack i don't know why do you think that is well
1: i mean i think that every like the, the reason that westerns fell out of favor is culture moves on Mm -hmm. You know, and I think look at Yellowstone. They've reinvented the western. The western you have to make a because with with the westerns were such a specific time about a specific place, the expansion westward, having you know America, and and the the push out west post Civil War and all that was a very specific time. And mob movies. I mean, the thing about the the thing about mob movies, John, is that now criminals are on a much larger scale. I was reading yesterday Credit Suisse. They're getting into difficulties because of their um, their swaps. The same thing that the Big Short detailed that destroyed the world economy in right. 2008, and Credit uh, Credit Suisse was one of those people that's name checked in the movie. They're 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 in the same position they were going to get in it's that British they Bay were in too. 2008 with credit swaps. And I was reading this going, oh my God. And they're were like, we're, the same thing is going to happen. So now we've got criminals that are working on a global scale, stealing billions, as opposed to the mob, you know, pulling insurance scams or ripping off the, like the
0: Lutonza heist, you know, when they rip. So the world's changed. And unlike Westerns, too, the mobster subgenre is kind of what makes it more difficult is how many stories are there to tell Right. that isn't about somebody ascending to power and then trying to hold power i mean that in its core is kind of like the nature and the base of almost all monster yeah, yeah and now i mean the
1: movies. mob like the italian mafia is different than it was cosa nostra now we've got drug cartels you know that are fighting wars across the border whether it's in juarez or whether it's
3: well, in. think i think that's why you have successful series like narcos now
1: yeah absolutely but
0: i was gonna say like so much like mandalorian is a Western it's that a Western. is dressed up as something else. Things like Sons of Anarchy in many ways are a gangster, okay, totally. gangster kind of Absolutely. thing, but in a in a Shakespearean kind of uh, garb. So it's still there, but it, again, it's a tough nut to Whoa. crack.
3: And Deadwood was a perfect merging yep. of yeah. both
1: genres. Of, yes, of it both. really yes, was. Of and was. so great. they haven't really gone away. Yeah.
2: What was the last mobster movie that was came out? Was it Irishman?
0: Well, Irish. That was probably the last high-profile. And then
2: one. the Johnny Depp one, where he plays the the. Public uh, enemies.
0: No, uh, or was it Gangs of? Oh, yeah. Whitey yeah. Bulger. The Whitey Bulger. Yeah, Black Man. Mass. Black, oh, Max. Black Max.
1: Oh, Okay, never mind. that wasn't so, wasn't so great. Black Mass wasn't so great. But, but All right. they haven't gone away. They're still making these, you know.
0: Yeah, but just not like in hype. And it comes like in cycles. cycles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Xander says, "Do you think Amazon should have tried to get more of the rights in order to create
0: the Rings of Power series?" Uh, coulda shoulda woulda i mean i i don't know it depends on how much they wanted for it look they they end up having to spend a lot of money on the rights that they felt that they needed to tell their story and at the end of the day that's all that really matters
1: i yeah i just think that the story they're trying to tell by definition when you're making rings of power over the space of decades you're locked into the fact you can't you can't wait whoever's going to start making those rings you're not going to detail 70 years of life in middle earth waiting to get those rings made it's just i think the story they've tried to tell inherently causes them to compress things and it it moves them away from tolkien's lore by design by necessity necessity you know you can't spend a, a a thousand years telling this story yeah so you know i i don't necessarily think it was the the rights and also John, it's not like with Lord of the Rings where those characters have voices. Tolkien wrote those characters, whereas the Second Age stuff is not based on a novel. It's mostly
0: appendices stuff. Yeah.
1: Just, yeah. So there's no care. You have to figure it out. But,
0: but that also gives you a lot of leeway. Yes. It, it also gives you a lot of creative flexibility. That's Absolutely. you can do. So the, now the question is, do you do something good with that or not? Yeah. All right. What's next? We'll see in episode seven and eight. Orange Hand says, six years since playoff baseball in Toronto. I'm so pumped. I didn't even see did the Blue Jays make the playoffs. Uh, you know what? Last I, I saw, they were in the wild card position, but yeah. I didn't know if they I'm they not going to say
3: I'm not concerned about them. They're doing good. They could, I, they could I didn't know that, that they had
0: clinched. Wow. I mean, listen, I still remember, true story. I was um, in Toronto the night they won the first World Series. And me and my friends, we were at a college dorm watching the game, and we decided, let's go downtown. The game wasn't over yet, so it was a risk. So let's get a hop on the subway. Let's go downtown in case they win and clinch the world series tonight. And so we did, we got on the subway, the young street line, we got downtown and about 30 seconds after we got off the subway, the city exploded with, (laughs) with the fact that they won. And, and, you know, that must've been fun. We, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life. A million people took to the streets and, you know, and, and, and you guys are, are
1: probably very polite.
0: Well, you know what? We were a little concerned because we've seen footage of what happens in, what happens in the U.S. and stuff like that when teams win championships. Like sometimes a lot of bad stuff happens, right? But I will never ever forget this because this is back in the time of skinheads and wearing the We be walking down the sidewalk, and literally, like I, I'm, this is an hyperbole. This is some story. I've told this story before. Literally. Like a bunch of black guys walking down one way, bunch of skinheads walking the other, woo and high fiving <laughs> each other and stuff like that. <laughs> Going on the side, like on Young Street, this police we saw people rocking a car, like rocking a cop car. I was like, oh no! But as we get closer, the cops in the car waving his hat out the window, oh, and everybody's God. like bouncing. They're all like, yeah! It's like it was like heaven. It was like it was like a million people on the street just celebrating and. And everybody was just fans together. It was, un- what is, again, it was one of the best experiences of my life, was mm-hmm. being downtown Toronto when they won their first World Series. Oh, and then they won back-to-back. <laughs> I mean, Joe Carter hit that clinching home run. I mean, that was, that was great, too. All right, So anyway.
3: it is, yeah, they, they did make the wild card, so it's interesting. They clinched it. All right, It's interesting. They're going to be going up against Seattle.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Who yeah. just made the playoffs for the first time in 21 years? Yeah. yeah. Good for them, by the way. So Toronto, Seattle. That's going to be interesting. All right, what's next? Uh, powers power says laugh out
1: loud. I thought your kimono dragon uh, rot, a rot example was going to lead into Adam Aaron.
0: <laughs> Adam Aaron is like the rotten flesh of a komodo dragon bite. No, 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 no. I was, I was talking about the theatrical, uh, That's funny. the effects of the pandemic on the theatrical industry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess I could have gone that way. All right. What's next?
1: Andrew uh, Eisenheimer says, honestly, the show I'm looking forward to most every week is welcome to Rexham. ring of power
0: or rings of power is a very close second. I it's hard to fault you for that. I'm telling you Wrexham is fascinating and feel good storytelling. Like you just feel good uh, about, about people and about a community and it's, it's just, I'm, I'm loving it. I really am. All right. What's next? That's
1: good. Uletan says, uh, Michelle beetle Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor, uh, Malaka Andrews, the real-life drama ESPN has behind the scenes would make for a great succession type of series.
0: I only know a little bit yeah. of the Nichols all. situation. Uh, I know she got replaced by somebody else and and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But I'm not going to pretend that I know a lot of it because I don't really care about that kind of TMZ bullshit. But I, I only know a little bit about it. But I'm sure it would probably make for an interesting movie. Yeah. All right, what's I next? I don't know think about it either. Kendall Barker
1: says Damon Targaryen is the Night King.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, of course he's not. Just, just I don't know if you're just joking, but of course he is actually not the Night no. King. The lore of that goes way, but yeah, listen, I could see him getting really mad, cold, and then looking like the Night King. I mean, maybe.
1: By the way, Chris Carr said the funniest thing ever: uh, "Uncle on the streets, husband in the sheets." <laughs> oh, that was a good that was a great line from our, our after show yesterday. Uh, we were
0: watching we were
3: watching
1: it the other night. I don't know
3: why I was complaining
1: about the dark. I'm like, I don't want to see this well lit.
0: I know, I don't that's that is literally an uncle. She is fucking her dad's brother right now. But hey, that's the Targaryen way, my friend. Yeah. That's the Targaryen way. And by the way, like her best former best friend now, her stepmom. Um has just betrothed her two kids to marry each other. Hey man, everyone marry- has a
1: hot aunt or a hot uncle. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: is, is, is that all you have to say? <laughs> all right. What's next? And they're on fire on that in that family. Trevor says, random controversial opinion. I think John Williams' score for Revenge of the Sith is my favorite Star Wars score. What is your favorite Star Wars score?
0: Empire. And it's not just the Imperial March like there, he expanded on Leia's theme and stuff like that too. So actually Empire Listen, everyone love of Star the Wars, asteroid
3: run in that. What's that? I love the asteroid run it's in
0: that. It's just great. It's I I think his best work was in uh, I I think Return of the Jedi is the best Star Wars movie, but I think Williams' best music was Empire Strikes Back.
1: Although I have to I the first Star Wars has an incredible score too. Oh, absolutely it it's does. It's so good. It's, got, it's I think it's more diverse in terms of its kinds of music because you've got the tatooine stuff you have the death star stuff you've got the the battle at the end but i your empire is my favorite too all right you know what
3: speaking of scores real quick only because i had just i just saw uh avatar again i didn't think about this until this last time like wow the music in avatar sounds so much like glory and then it did. It didn't dawn on me until afterwards that it was James Horner that did Avatar, and that's why it sounded yeah, like. Yeah, James Horner.
1: Ah. He he borrows from himself quite a bit. Yeah,
3: it sounded like Lori in Avatar. Crazy.
1: All right. right, let's uh, Sebas React Says, "Whatever happened to that new James Dean movie?" Of
0: course, for those who don't remember, uh, there was a uh, a studio that announced that they were going to make a movie starring James Dean because they were going to use right. digital deepfake to make somebody look like James. I think that died a horrible death. Yeah. I think I think they saw the response from people. Harder harder
1: to do that for an entire
0: film than you might think yeah a lot harder and and i think they got the sense that people just didn't want it so yeah. but I, I listen for all i know it's shot and coming out in three weeks i mean I, I don't know but my my guess is is that it died but i haven't heard anything i have a James Dean hot toy i am sure that you do for real i believe it it's actually a hot toy
1: <laughs> just saying i was thinking. uh Dwayne cinema says hey crew it's my first time commenting in a while Big fan of the show. Love your work. Keep it up.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Dwayne. It's always nice to hear from people who just want to write in for no other reason but to say something encouraging. So thanks for that, man. We appreciate that. We appreciate that you're here watching with us.
1: Very kind words. All right. What's next? The Chosen Girl says, Dottie is returning for Agatha, Coven of Chaos.
0: I can't remember. Is Dottie Agatha? No.
1: Dottie is the blonde neighbor. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, 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 right. Okay, wait. Is she's the one that was? Oh God, now I'm having a hard time remembering. Um, I'm trying to think of who played her. Um... Was it the two characters that were like?
4: <laughs> All I can think in the, of is in in the black Big and Adventure. White episode. She's the blonde lady by the pool. Yes. Her the
0: actress's name is. Thank Ca- you, Caulfield Ford. That's right. That's right. Thank you. Um, and what did the question say? She's returning for... She's
1: returning in Agatha.
0: So is, is that official they're bringing Covenant her back? of chaos. I mean, listen, because Agatha is stuck in that town, so I hope they're bringing back a bunch of the townspeople. I'd like to see a number of the cast come back. Yeah. That'd be great. All right, what's next? I'm a rebel, Dottie. A loner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alfie8 says, Slow horses on Apple TV is like Hot Fuzz meets James Bond and Bodyguard. Highly recommended. That's the Yeah, that's the spy thriller show that um, stars... Um, why am I drawing a blank on him? I'm seeing his face. I oh. thought it
0: was Dustin Hoffman, but it wasn't Dustin. It was Gary Oldman. Yes, Gary Oldman. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard nothing but good things about it, so yeah, I should try. I should check it out. All right, what's next?
1: Ah, uh, Kenzie Brumley says, "Hi guys, I watched Hocus Pocus this weekend. I think promotion and the trailers really helped, along with the nostalgia." I'm not gonna lie to you, I didn't see any of the trailers. I did. I they didn't interest me.
0: <laughs> I, I, but then again, listen, they clearly interested a lot of people.
1: Oh, yeah, people love Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Kids love Bette Midler.
0: <laughs> if there's one thing we know that the kids love, it's Bette Midler. They're Bette Midler.
3: blasting the wings beneath my wind. wind the, beneath wing, the wind my beneath my wings.
0: wings. <laughs> yep, that's it. That's all. It's <laughs> that, it's, we know anything, <laughs> that the kids love <laughs> Bette <laughs> Midler. <laughs> All right, what's next? I love uh, Batman. I don't want to sound like a mockery. I love Batman. No, I do too. The kids. No, do you? <laughs> uh,
1: Al Renshaw says, Chef Pleasures and Deadpool 2.
0: Absolutely. We need I the return be- of Chef Pleasures. Deadpool 3. He yeah. should be in Deadpool 3 and Deadpool 4. Okay. Someone's got we to cook for it him. That way. <laughs> All right, what's
1: next? Uh, Spoof-A-Man says, excluding Robin, any favorite Bat
0: family members for Batman 2? I, I really wouldn't be opposed to Jean-Paul uh, to see Asriel. I yeah. mean, because that, that that Azriel if done a certain a way, idea. fits very well into that type of a dark world. You'd have to change a couple things, obviously, but I think that would be a nice fit. All right. Yeah,
1: I would say Thomas Wayne, but
0: that wouldn't work.
1: <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, a. Marcellus says, I should thank Phase 4 for being so lackluster with shows. It forced me to go back to non-superhero stuff. I caught up on Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and Yellowstone are
0: next. Well, hey, listen, the wonderful thing about the different types and genres of shows that are on TV these days is you don't have to pick. I mean, it might take some time, but we get to watch and enjoy and celebrate the genre kind of stuff and the more dramatic kind of stuff. All at the same time, we can watch and love them both. But yeah, if, uh, if certain shows... Not really being for you have left you some of going. Why well, I don't want to watch that, so I got nothing to watch. Well, I'll try this. Then that's probably a good thing too.
1: I'm just happy the Great British Bake Off is back.
0: I have still I never seen that. a single episode of that. Dude, it's the Great Everybody show. talks about it's, it's, it. Everybody talks about the Great British it's, Bake Off. I've it's never best. seen it. It's the best. Where is it on? Is it on it's Netflix? Netflix? Uh, and they, know do what? A week, they do it weekly. I am yeah. going to this afternoon. I'm going to find a few minutes. And before we do open mic, I'm gonna watch one episode of the Great British Bake Off.
1: Now you, you have to understand it's it's more along the lines of a Ted Lasso. Okay. Than it is it's 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 a happy competition show where everybody's thoughtful So it's not chopped. It's it's not no. like
0: okay. Oh no, no one's no.
3: really backstabbing. Although there was one season where I'm pretty sure someone didn't put took something out of a freezer on
1: purpose, but then she got canned, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. All right, what's next? Uh, Orlando Rodriguez says, I think Feige made a deal with with Crossroads Demon and now is actively looking for Sam and Dean Winchester. I believe that explains why the MCU quality is
0: down after 10 years. I think John will get this. Okay, I do but uh, this reminds me of something. I'm glad you brought this up because somebody the biggest missed opportunity that CW had because the the two stars of Supernatural, Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, right? They are like as tight as brothers in real life i think they were the best men in each other's weddings like all that kind of stuff but there is a third person that's kind of like you know you and your best friend but you both have another friend who's like totally tight with you too uh Stephen, um why am i freezing on steven's last name from green arrow steven Stephen amell amell thank you good canadian kid Stephen amell Stephen amell was really tight friends with those two guys too And there was some talk, I remember, for a while about having Sam and Dean Winchester pop up in Arrow. And and I said, listen, the tone of that would actually work. You could have like Arrow actually comes across a supernatural threat, and it turns out that the Winchesters are hunting that thing at the same time, and they come across. And there was an opportunity there. I'm not saying they had to do a full merge of the supernatural universe into the the uh arrowverse but for a one shot or a two shot thing maybe like their annual crossover they could have done an annual supernatural pop that would have been cool i think that was a huge opportunity that they missed i thought that could have been really really fun
3: is this crossroads demon is this supposed to be like a play on like the robert johnson he sold his soul at that crossroads. well so
0: yeah in a in in the world of supernatural There's a ritual you can do to summon a crossroads demon. You can go into a road, you bury this thing in the ground, and then I think at midnight, a crossroads demon will appear. He can grant you, basically grant you a wish, but there's then a, you sign a contract and there's a ticking clock. Oh, okay. And I think it's ten years, if I remember right. After ten years, basically an invisible hellhound is going to come for you. Uh, and, 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 and this is literally it's a giant invisible dog that will show up and, and take you to hell and tear you to pieces. It's wow. doesn't seem worth it. All it, right. It, it depends. Spends old. You're good depends, years, man. Like it depends. You, you go to the right person at the right time and say, listen, you'll only have 10 years, but you can have 500 million in the bank. You can have mansion in your four favorite countries and you can be world famous and you will live high for 10 years. Like you're going right. to go sometime anyway. But here's
3: you. the thing with that with the
0: deal it's supposed to take you to hell and then you have an eternity of suffering right but but that's the thing about humanity we are such instant gratification people okay. that i believe there are people in real life who would take the deal i think there are people who would take the deal Suckers. All right,
1: right next uh or oh that was orlando uh, victor Edbaum says
0: any movie club plan for this month Honestly, right now, no. We don't have a movie, plan, uh, movie club planned for this month. We Movie club will return work, but it's going to be sporadic. Movie clubs will be sporadic moving forward, and maybe in the next three or four weeks we'll do one, but we don't have one that's actually planned yet. And that's right. it. Is that
2: it? Yeah. I got one last one. Oh, sure. From, ketchup From one of our and members? Eggs. Ketchup, yeah, ketchup and eggs. Already worth it. Ketchup on eggs <laughs> <laughs> writes, I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time oh, ever oh. yesterday. That's while, an experience. While super bait. Yep. And, I, and I took your advice and had no expectations. So much wild fun. I loved it. I see why it has a cult following. <laughs> and and it, listen,
0: this thing's had a cult following since, I mean, forever. For, since the 70s. I mean, it, it's just like it, it continues and it endures. Like people still watch Rocky Horror every year. And uh, it is what it is. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Canby Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in the super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys so much. For your support little side note to our channel members that we are going to have a town hall meeting today at 5 p.m los angeles time so if you are one of our channel members keep an eye on the notifications there we're going to have a town hall meeting for me and the channel members 5 p.m hope that if you guys are free that you will come by to join us so for everybody in the room mr robert meyer burnett joining you guys in the live chat ray aura and of course running the show today, Jonathan Voico. My name is John Campia. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. And until tomorrow, my friends. Bye-bye.